Today's episode is brought to you by the support of Ferno Grills. What's up, everybody? I am podcast host and restaurateur Brad Barmore. I have had the opportunity to cook on a lot of things, guys. Kettle grills, offset smokers, pellet grills, open pits, reverse flows, gravity smokers, cabinets, ugly drums. My Ferno is hands down the best grill I have ever cooked on. You know, with gas grills, most folks get caught up in the BTUs, but it's really how well you can control and hold the heat that matters. And Ferno grills happen to be a revolution in gas grilling and the ultimate cooking machine for the backyard cook as they are designed and engineered with firewheel technology for the ultimate in precision heat control. Ferno is the only gas grill with height adjustable burners, custom cast iron grates, and a fully insulated hood so you can sear without burning or cook slow and low to perfection. I've done steaks, burgers, chops, veggies, oysters, salmon, briskets, chicken, pork butts, tri-tips. Yeah, I cooked them all in the Ferno and it has impressed me every time. Plus, it looks modern and really sleek in the backyard. It is unlike any grill I've seen out there. Project Smoke, Steve Reichlin, Forbes Magazine, AspiringGentleman.com are all raving about what the Ferno Grills are doing to change the grilling game. Check them out on Instagram at Ferno Grills or for even more information, including recipes and financing options, head to www.fernogrills.com. Trapping, trapping. I mean, here's the thing is, is a lot of things. He's annoying to some, to most, for a lot of reasons. I actually genuinely like the guy. He's a stand-up guy. Doesn't stand up too tall. Just not his fault, though. Um, That's genetics. <laughs> I am Brad Barmore. That is Ben Perry. I'm dumping that. I'm not dumping Of course you are. Of course you are. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you are. A big thank you to our sponsor, Frodo Grills. (laughs) Top of the show. I appreciate them uh, dropping some support our way. As we said before, that is Brad Barmore. I am Ben Perry. This is the Sports Meets Beer Podcast. It's good to have everybody back. It's good to get a couple of these banged out, ready to go. It's good to be drinking some beers with my buddy. Please make sure you check us out on all the social medias, gang. That is uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're not doing any Periscope yet. We're not doing any some of the other ancillary things. We're just on the big three right you now. You know, yeah, the big three. The the Periscope to me is uh, probably unnecessary at this point. I think I think we can ac- accomplish everything we need to do, which has been nothing thus far. But ultimately, uh, we could just do it with Instagram Live. So look forward to some of that stuff. Instagram Live, some Facebook Live. We'll keep that going. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Leave a rating, leave a review, uh, subscribe, do all that stuff. Yeah. The usual calls to action, gang. Don't make me say them too many times. All I want to do is sit here and drink beer with my friend. And we can't, let's just be honest as listeners, we can't all rest on the laurels of Enrique <laughs> driving the ship for everybody else. That's, uh, that's a good point. He's, I mean, if, if we're going to hand out top fan badges, he is the first in line. I would think so. As we get going in this episode, we've got some beer to taste, we've got some shit to talk, and, Ooh. well, a little bit. Not some shit to take. I'm going to, yeah, let's let's do this. I want to talk, I want to wax a little poetical Ooh. about the upcoming uh, football season. Okay. Uh, Go on. As, well, as it's sports related, um, I do want to talk about this beer from Allagash. Allagash has probably been the brand you've recognized the most and purchased the least. Um, if you're a craft beer guy, you've had it before. Um, if you have been to like a yard house, you've probably seen one or two of these on tap, but you've never wanted to try it. I will tell you right now, 
this Saison is probably the best Saison you will ever have. I totally agree with you. Their Allagash White is literally the best white beer you'll ever have. Carried it forever at Kin. Forever. And loved it. And white ales and Hefeweizen just kind of died there for a little while. So we made the well, change. Tough. But I think, you know, another one, I, I gave a hot take on the last episode about uh, the, the, the fate of Hazy's. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to see Hefeweizen's and White's, Wits, all of those German-style beers making a huge comeback. You think so? I, I totally think so. I think it's one of those things where it's about a finesse beer. German, German beers are just better. They're engineered just like the cars. They're engineered better. Yeah. Period. They are the originators of brewing beer, and they know what they're doing. And I feel that the, what everyone's looking for right now is a flavorful, clean, finishing beer that's not over the top. Don't get me wrong. Hops has their place. Bitter beers, IPAs, double IPAs. There's some good ones. But for your everyday drinker, the volume, the German-style beers are going to make a comeback. That's going to be 2020. And IP, IPAs, that, that's an English-style beer, really, right? Like, traditionally, like, it's India Pale. They overhopped it to make sure that it would survive on the ships, right, as yes. they went to colonize India. So Correct. That's, that's how it came to be. So, generally, I mean... In one way or another, Even it's essentially it's an English the, style. The ESB was a was a big beer before, right? Right. But again, bitter is the key. Is in the word. Is in it. Right. So um, no, but I, I hear everything you're saying about Allagash's. I totally agree with you. I, I haven't had one thing from them where I was like, I was disappointed. Unfortunately, it's a little pricey for a four pack. It's pricey. It's tough. But, it's, you're, but you you know, get what you pay for, man. I mean, this is to me though. You know, you're going to see the same thing that's. You know what other beer from the East Coast that was really pricey for a long time is Dogfish Head, and they're fixing that problem now. They're they're they are working on trying. I mean, I just happen to hear some things. They're working on trying to get their lading costs or their shipping costs yeah. down to almost net zero, so that they can now lower the price of the case of beer. It costs a lot of money to ship beer across the United States in yeah. a refrigerated tanker. It's just a, there's no way around that. Yes, I mean you're like you're using fossil fuels on top of fossil fuels. It's crazy. And also the amount of hops they're putting into like their 120 minute. Like it's oh, not yeah. a cheap beer to make either. Oh, exactly. Yeah. You know. So the, we're, as we're drinking this Allagash uh, Saison, um, I'm going to talk to you real quick. Holla at your boy. Holla, well, holla, holla. You know, when, when a, a free agency started happening and the draft started happening um, with the NFL, I was skeptical. I was cautionally optimistic about uh, my team, the the Oakland, last year Oakland Raiders. Um, and it's one of those things where I just felt like it was not going the direction I thought. At one point, I questioned my fandom. I thought about changing, not changing teams. I'm, I'm, le- no. I'm legitimate with you right now. I yeah, was I like, I just don't know if I can keep doing this. I can't do this year after year and get kicked in the teeth every year. And then, but I also, to be fair, you, you, I know you got to that point. I, I know you, you said that on this podcast even. Then I would go, well, what are you, you going to change teams? You're like, no, no, no. no. But, but as far as like, would I be, uh, you know, so triumphant with it? No. I would just kind of give up. Yeah. Kind of eke into the backlight. Uh, it's probably how they but, ended John Gruden's contracts. And then, go. and then. And then, I, then they signed with Hard Knocks. That came out. And I just threw my hands in there, and I went, that's all we need right now 
is them putting a freaking exclamation point and already telling us what another shitty seat. You know, we're going to be the we're going to be the punching bag for the AFC West and the rest of the AFC. Anyone's going to come through. that's going to march up and down us. But that's not what that show's about. No, no, that show is about trying to create that show positive is a, positive spin. No matter what, brother, that show is a sixty minute hype reel. Uh yeah. And it got me hook, line, and sinker. Yep, I knew it would. I knew Week it would. Week one, I was, I was like, whatever, I'll check it out. And I was like, oh, I, I, I like, I've fallen in love with some of these guys. Like, it's cool. I like the whole idea. Week two, I was in. Week three, I was staying up late to watch it. Yeah. Instead of waking up early the next morning to watch it. So yeah, that's what like that I'm going to do tonight. That shows. That's what that show's designed to do. Is to it be. Did a, they've done a really good job. I mean, obviously, you and I talked offline about the the production value of it. And what what its aim, its job is to. It's an, but see, the thing is, is it's an NFL fluff piece, and that's well, not what course. it was set. That's not what it set out to be when it first came out. That's what it's transitioned into. Right, and that makes it, in my mind, that makes it less desirable. I watched the Cleveland Browns one last year because, like, but only after the fact because, you know, uh, and I usually watch them after the fact because I can binge them out. But Hugh Jackson said he had nothing to lose, so we just let them in, right? The thing is, if you're the Raiders, you know, the 49ers were a possibility for the show this year also. You have way too much shit to worry about. You do oh not God. like you do not need an additional wrinkle of we can't let people see these plays we're working on. So we have to work on the also work on scheduling the camera time. Like we also have to spend time. We should be watching film of guys in practice. Now we have to watch film of what they recorded on Hard Knocks also. Right. To, like you just don't need that. You don't need that. You've got a guy that's never been a GM they, before, they and seen, you've got a coach that hasn't has had one year coaching in the last decade. You're going to add another thing onto those guys' plates. It seems like they're handling it well. Of course it does. Of Just course it does. You, I mean, I'm sure that there's there's some hidden stresses. I saw a little leaker earlier today, or or whenever you're listening to this, about the, right after the uh, Green Bay game, the 80 yard uh, field game. Yeah, and he's and this the way he was. Just completely caught like you're you're what like you're what do you mean eighty yard field what do you mean no kickoffs like okay all right like he's just you know John Green has showed up in true form this show is meant for him but it has done a good job I feel like I feel like I I feel better as a fan seeing the draft equity now seeing it pen to paper and them playing obviously. It's preseason. The Detroit Lions went four zero the year they ended up getting going winless in the regular season. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I've used that stat. The 49ers so might go four zero this year, and their over under to win is seven and a half. Like, you know, like I. It's it's funny because I've, I've said that before. You know, lose, winning in the pre. I'd rather lose. I'd rather go two and two in the preseason. To be honest, it sets the expectation for everybody just to be not to be so crazy. If you go four zero the preseason, the stupid fans go. We're gonna win the Super Bowl. And the other fans go, well, that was that's just preseason. Like you're crazy. Um, so I don't know. You know, I, whether they win this next game does not matter to me. I don't care. I, I haven't honestly I haven't really watched much preseason. Um, but I am getting hyped on some players. I'm getting hyped on this season. I'm getting. I am much further along than I thought I was going to be at this point. We're friends, right? Mm, yeah. I've always been very like fair and pragmatic about what our teams are doing. Yes. I've never been like super hype guy. Like I've never like stood up for the Niners when they didn't really deserve it. I've never like 
clowned the Raiders at times when they didn't really like deserve it or vice versa. I've stood up for the Raiders when they needed it and I or when I like when they deserved to be stood up for. Get out with it. Uh <laughs> The fact that they go 7 weeks, I believe it is without playing a home game is crazy. Their over under on wins is 6. It's either 6 or 6 and a half. Um Vegas knows what they're doing. If they win more than 6 games, I'll be shocked cuz they still can't stop anybody. They think they're going to hang 40 burgers on everyone. But you don't go from, we have Derek Carr who's putting up a lot of points in garbage time over the course of an entire season, and we don't think John Gruden trusts him to, well, now they're just going to put up 50 points on everybody. Like, Antonio Brown's a good player. He's yeah. not going to come anywhere near close to the production he put up in Pittsburgh because the talent around him isn't as good, and the scheme's not as good. And up the middle on defense, like, I like Cleveland Farrell. I think he's a great player. He's going to do good things for them. I like their safety. They've gotten a lot better. They're winning zero battles outside. Zero. And so uh, they six, six to six and a half wins feels exactly right. And so, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be like hyped on some of these players and pick these guys. I just think with the 49ers people going like, oh, they're uh, like eight and a half for them feels exactly right. Also, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's just uh, the we talked about this. I don't want to rehash the whole thing, but the, we talked about it in our one of our previous episodes about Hard Knock specifically. The reason why the Cleveland Browns one was such a breath of fresh air is because it felt like you were seeing real like decisions being made and real things happening. And the years surrounding that, and again, I only watched the first week of this one. Um, it just it just feels like the NFL went in and told HBO, "Hey, listen, we've got some." things we need to kind of make people forget about you know <laughs> like dudes killing themselves and all these guys that are hitting women and all this other like if you could just make every training camp look good Fun. because i promise you this antonio brown saga is not positive and i don't think they've done a whole lot to cover that in these am i wrong uh week through episode three they covered it more, but they didn't really cover the issue. They covered how Antonio Brown dealt with the issue and how he thanked Gruden for standing up for him and all this right. stuff. Like They didn't really build on why Mike Mayock had to come out unannounced and make a, yeah, and make and make a, a statement, statement about whether or not Antonio Brown was committed to the team. Like He's either in or out. That's the type of thing, like, I understand, like, HBO, if they go out and immediately hang on that, everybody who's watching it who might be an HBO fan or who might be a Raider fan is just immediately going to tune out, like, oh, everybody's just anti-Raiders. That's, like, such, like, a goofy NFL perspective now. If you say anything derogatory about somebody's team, it's just, oh, they're biased against us. It's such a dumb sports fan take. But, like... But I've said that so many times. Yeah, you're re you're reporting <laughs> on the goings on of this team. It's hard. They just not. showed a commercial the other day, and I meant to. I wanted to take a picture and tell you and send it to you. Um, it was during. It was a Niners Raiders game, and it was a Raiders. Uh, I want to say it was a, a pass that opened up. And granted, the defense broke down completely and allowed an eighty yard play. It was one of those things where they just they went through, and I'm like, there it is, the fucking media. Shitting on the Raiders one more time, but they've been shitting. They've been is, shit for you. Have just, so I know, no, I know. You can't give. That was Al Davis convinced the fan base that that's what was happening, and now they of now we, we can't let it go. No, no, no. I I say it, and I also I say it with bated breath, knowing full well it's my fandom. It's not reality, right? You know, 
I right. mean, if that was the case, I'd be upset that, about Brett Favre selling, you know, Levi jeans. Oh, that they're just doing that because he's not really a Lee man. He can't handle Lee jeans or whatever. You know, just something silly. What? You'd have you have you have this res- ridiculous hot takes on on uh, on on what your play be based upon your fandom. I get it. Yeah, I told you, I could say that stuff, and I go, okay, I know it's not real. That's fine. Well, sure. I mean, the owner whose flame is still burning at the stadium sued the league. Uh, lost and then convinced everybody that the league was out to get him. Yeah, this is basically the short, very short version of that story. Very short. Uh, you now replace owner with wide receiver. Uh, yeah, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> You're right. You're right. And I promise you that Antonio Brown's feet probably look like Al Davis's feet do right now. <laughs> oh, that's cold. <laughs> oh, oh, anyway. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to the football season, but I'm not looking to that as much as I'm looking forward to this Allegash. This football saison. Ooh, even better. Man, uh, really give me, give me a it. quick, give me a quick thirty seconds on Andrew Luck. Uh, hey man, fuck, dude. If I have a backache for two weeks, I'm fucking beside myself. Yeah. If I'm sick for a week, I'm a fucking mess. I'm pissed. Yeah. Five years of having problems. Five years of injuries. Five years of all these things. I mean, the guy's been put to the ringer. Now, did he give up early? Probably. Does he have every right to? Absolutely. I understand. That franchise, they paid him. I get it. They did nothing to protect that asset. He got his ass handed to him for the first four seasons of his career, yeah. five seasons of his career. Just He was the most sacked quarterback in the league for basically his entire career. Right. They finally get him a good offensive line. He has a, a resurgent season last year, and then now he's got this calf injury that he can't shake. And I don't... I don't blame him. And everyone's like, oh, he's going to keep his $24 million. The Colts are going to let him. Well, yeah, because he's leaving 67 on the table. Like, right. And if you're if you're Indianapolis, dude, what are you doing booing him? What is that? There was an interesting perspective on 95.7 The Game. I was listening to it, and they're just like, look, like, you know, you're week three of preseason. Like, you're one more week closer. You're amped up and all this stuff, and this is supposed to be your projected year to win. To win the division, to go to the Super Bowl, like, you have all the tools around you. You finally have kind of tooled the team up to be better than it's ever been in the last few years. And then you hear that news, and you hear he's leaving, and he's injured, and now it's retirement leaking. They're the, the story's leaking out. The fact they booed him was is it's insane. It's, it's insane. It's the same people that applaud when a player gets hurt. It's yeah. Or the same morons that applaud when a server drops a dish. Oh god. The every time that happens, tell me you don't die a little bit. Oh inside. god. And every time somebody yeah, when they clap, like all it'll be restaurants that aren't mine. Hey, cut it out. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Um Tony, That's that same situation. Extrapolate it out. Now put in a bunch of more alcohol, more testosterone in the situation. Tony, That's why people boo. They're idiots. Tony Kornheiser on Pardon the Interruption this week called Indianapolis a two-bit hick town. The only reason why they have an NFL franchise is because the team from Baltimore on the moving trucks ran out of gas. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. It's brutal, dude. Listen, the guy got his ass handed to him and gave his all for that franchise. Yeah, it sucks that he's giving up now, but I bet he got some kind of news from the doctor that's like he's going to be out for a few more weeks. Like, what is he doing? 
Like, right. Like when does it stop? Yeah, when does this stop? I don't. Blame. I want to be off the ride. This stops. Does this? Uh, I mean, do, can you draw a line to Steve Young handing it off from Joe Montana because that's what Peyton Manning left, handed this to him, and poor Steve Young got this crap beat out of him and got concussioned all over the fucking place. It's not really the same because Andrew Luck came in as a rookie out of Stanford. Steve Young had been in Tampa, had played in the USFL, had been at BYU. I mean, he's already been playing professional football, I think, for four seasons, five seasons. And then he came over to play for the 49ers and then was with the team for three seasons before Joe Montana finally left. Three seasons? Yeah, three seasons before Joe Montana finally left and then played like four real seasons before the concussion thing started happening for real. And, you know, it was directly correlated to his concussion problem is how little money the 49ers had to spend on offensive line help, which is not all that dissimilar from Andrew Luck's end of career story where he just had his ass handed to him for multiple seasons. And, you know, and also too, I mean, if he looked at that and said, I'm so I'm going to war with these guys and I'm already hurt. I'm going to play through a whole season. I'm going to have a nagging injury. I've already done this dance. Well, their offensive line now, though, is probably one of the top three or four in football. That's the funny, that's sort of the funny irony of it, of like, oh, hey, he gets to go out and like actually, because when they finally started playing better in, like, I think they started like one and four or something last year, and then they finished, they won like 10 out of 11 to end the season or yeah. something like that. Um, at one point, they won 10 in a row, I think. They, that offensive line was playing as well as any, including the Cowboys, including the Raiders, including some of these offensive lines, they were the best in football probably last year. And um, so the irony is that, like, he gets to come in with the continuity of a great offensive line for the first time probably in his career, and he's too hurt to, and like... he can't shake an injury. He can't shake an injury. That sucks. Yep, I, I'm... I don't blame him, dude. The sport is hard, and it's... It takes its toll on his body, and he still yeah. all he still has all his faculties, and is a smart enough guy. You don't he's going to be He'll be in the broadcast booth in, yeah. in twenty four months. Oh no, dude! I think he's going to be he's going to be either in Bristol, Connecticut, or in New York for CBS, or in L A for Fox. He might be there right now. <laughs> he's already tying his tie. Yeah, I think he's going to take a solid year off. Uh, I, that's why I said twenty four months. I think he'll get through. Obviously, this season's gone. Uh, I can see it happening, you know, 12 to 24 months, but I think yeah. two years is probably a good a good time. Yeah. Because it'll give him a chance to get it. He'll get antsy again and want to go out and do something, and they'll they'll hover. They'll throw, you know, three, four million dollars at him to do comedy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, from one season to the next Saison, uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about this beer. We haven't even talked about this yet. You're finished with it already. Yeah, I bet I could tell you everything about it. Yeah, uh, let's do it. So bright yellow color, um, smells just like a Saison. Should smell farmhouse sort of. Beautiful farmhouse flavors, really, really subtle. A little floral, a little grass. You know, I, I feel like it, grass, it's more hay than grass. Mm, yeah, I can see that. Right? It's just some of the thing, it's, it's a little hey. drier. Hey, oh, hey. A little drier. Uh, a little bit more distinct in the flavor or in the aroma, uh, but definitely you know grassy. And then the saison, uh, you know, you get the little bit of coriander, which I know you're not the biggest fan of, but you get such subtle hints of that. It's not over the top. Um, I my dislike for the coriander comes when there's like a really like overly bright sort of bubblegum note yeah. that you get in some of the Belgians, but this 
in particular um, is perfect. I, like, I don't mind the coriander. It's really more of like the overly clovey is what I don't overly particularly Overly clovey, love. overly spiced. This that's, one that's is... have a hard time with. This one's very subtle, but it's... it's super nice. Perfect. I mean, this is a great... This is a great, great beer. Like, you wouldn't necessarily call this a lawnmower beer, but it's refreshing as shit. I can tell I'm you not that. Not at that right price now. point. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> right. You got to cut a lot of lawns before you can afford this beer. I'll tell you that. <laughs> this, yeah, this beer um, comes through so well. And, it, it, you know, the other part, too, of those other notes we just mentioned, you know, the spice and the coriander, all those things, those can really weigh on your palate a lot. Those can sit there and they can befuddle the next beer, the next whatever, and this just ends so perfectly. It ends yeah. crisp and clean, but it's not sharp. It's a, it's almost a dull finish, believe it or not, which I kind of knocked Hazy's for a few episodes ago, but for the same thing, this is brilliant. I think it's a great, it's an amazing beer. Makes it very refreshing, I think. Yes. Um, whereas like some of the Hazy's you were knocking for having a, a abrupt and somewhat dull finish, some of those guys... It was just it didn't match, right? Like this trails off perfectly, I think, right? They just it just felt disjointed with some of those other guys. Yes. So agreed. Well, let's jump into uh, numero dos from our local boys across the street. There we go. Hi, Fastback Racer Double IPA. So we just went through a saison, which is going to have light, uh, light flavor, uh, very subtle. Uh, everything to a double IPA from Bear Republic. It's going to kick us in the mouth. This is the punk rock to the Beatles right now. This is going to absolutely smash us. I could, I feel it already. Uh, I can smell it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's in there for sure. I'd say right now, this just tastes, this smells like Racer 5 to me. It smells like Racer 5 to me also. But, you know, though, it's, you know, you've said it before, uh, you know, a Lagunitas beer has same malt build, right? Yeah, Lagunitas, Sierra Nevada, Brewing, Anchor, Twenty First Amendment. Yeah. Yep. They all have. Once you stick with that, once you propagate that yeast, and you have that malt, that kind of sweet spot and malt that you like, right? What you do from that point forward is just going to be. It's going to be difference of flavors and hops. I mean, that's all right. Real talk time. Racer five, fan, not a fan. Well. I'm a fan, but if I had my choice between Racer no. Five and Lagunitas, no, 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 just race like I think it has its place. It's the new version of the uh, Bud versus Coors because <laughs> your Racer Five guy is not your Lagunitas guy, no. and your Lagunitas guy will not drink a Racer Five. Uh, it's not that I won't. I'm a Lagunitas guy, but it's not that I won't drink a Racer Five. It's just that uh, like there's just something about it that like it's good. But I can't figure out if it's like. It's like when you settle. You really want pizza from Round Table, but you settle on Mountain Mike's. Yeah, that's that's probably yeah. That seems fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. There's something about it where it's I'm. Just, I'm. I would right. rather drink Lagunitas IPA uh, seven days a week. I smell um, like pineapple rind in this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. I also get a lot of. Um, I feel like I get dried mango. Okay, so not mango, dried mango. Think about those big bins in the grocery store, right? You have the trail mix and all that stuff that you've had for a while, and you have that chalky mango mm-hmm. flavor. That's what I get out of it. 
Yeah, that is quite the departure from the Saison. That is for sure. That's what we do in this show. Big, bold things. It's boozy. For sure. Oh, for sure. So this is uh, 10.4% alcohol by volume. and that That's is, why it's boozy. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely what it is. We went from a 6% Saison to a 10 Oof. double. When I this, do kind of, I feel like I'm breathing a little like gasoline. When this baby hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious shit. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take a couple more sips here because I feel like we, again. We, it needs to warm up a little bit too. We didn't do it any any favors by jumping from this Saison to this. But so far, yeah, I'm not feeling it. It's too hot. It is. It's pretty hot. I'm also getting a little bit of raisins. I can't get pa- I can't get past like the like the barkiness of it. Like I feel like I'm like chewing tree bark. No, it's big for sure. I mean, it's a hophead dream. I mean, you're getting a you know a Bear Republic Racer Five, which is a, a to most standards of bitterness would be a double already. Yeah. Um, and then you double that. You double down on the double. Um, it's big beer. I you know the, to me this is something that. After a, after a big meal, uh, you know, celebratory dinner, I could see having this to kind of cap the night. Yeah, I don't want it before my food. No, I want it after. <laughs> there, um, right. But it's got a beautiful color. I will I will say that. I mean, this thing has got beautiful caramel. Looks color. like a razor head retention's unbelievable. Yeah, um, really bright white. Uh, holding, I mean, the we poured it out. It, you know, normally the head is going to be dissipated, but it's nice, and thick, and frothy. Um, really, really beautiful looking beer. Just a little, just a bit outside. This has murdered my palate. Yeah, it's hot. 